So 50 minutes and about 30 <laughs> seconds. I need to mark that too. And yeah. the reason is I spend about 20 minutes every time I edit trying to find the spot in the middle yeah. where there's one episode and then there's the next episode. Yeah. Yeah. And I even so wrote down when we, I wrote down 12 o'clock because that's when I thought about, I should write down, you know, when we started this kind of, so uh, that we kind have an idea when too. to stop. Yeah. 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 Well, I've got, just so you know, what I else do you have, have for today? Pardon me? What else do you have for today? Anything? Oh my God. Yes. I read um, a book that uh, daughter Amy, who is probably one of our biggest fans, by the way. And yep, what she says is some of the things that we talk about are really helpful to her personally. She's so, she's so happy with what we're doing. She just loves what we're doing. And that makes me very happy. Yeah. That, is um, she, is she's not angry with us for calling her out for her calling you out. And, and she was just so embarrassed, you know, that she would do anything to communicate her displeasure with us in any kind of way. And so, no, I think she said with that, but she was here with Andy last night and, you know, said, you know, your podcasts are great. I love your podcast. You really help. They're very helpful to me personally, but beyond that, one of the things, um, one of the, one of the things, one of the things is she recommended a book to me called, I think it's called The Boy Who Loved Too Much or People Who Loved Too Much or something like that. And I was just right before we started our recording, looking up the uh, author of that. Her first name is Jennifer. That's all I remember at this point. But um, she commented that it was an interesting concept. The book is about... Um, the book is about a syndrome known as Williams syndrome, and you can Google it. And there's lots of research out there about this particular syndrome. And it is part of the neural divergent uh, group of syndromes somewhere in the realm of Asperger's and autism and bipolar and schizophrenia and, you know, um, all those neurodivergent things. And she found it really interesting. And I ordered the book for her from the library. So it came in and the snow happened. And I thought, well, let me take a look at this, you know, just to see kind of what it's about a little bit. And it's written so engagingly that I was able to read it before in a, in a few days so that I was able to give it to her having finished reading it just yesterday. Wow. It's fascinating. Now, what I want to talk about then is, you know, the neurodivergent community. All right. That in, and, and we are just so I'm clear about this. We are all somewhere on the spectrum. On one side of the spectrum might be autism. On the other side of the spectrum might be somebody who we consider to be completely normal, whatever that means. But all of us in some sort of way are on the spectrum. And these Williams syndrome folks um, are, a, a spe are a special breed. What I liked about the book, two things particularly. One, it was told from a mother's perspective, a mother who is raising 
a child with this syndrome, that is a very challenging thing. I'll tell you about that in a minute, what, it, what the challenges are. But I really liked being in her world for a little while, feeling the frustration, feeling the fear, feeling the, um, all the things that go with parenting and you know them <laughs> as mm. well, Learning you know, them. just all the worry, all the, and all the, you know, and all the, the pride that you feel when your children, you know, do something that's unexpectedly, unexpectedly wonderful. And also all the grief that one can feel as a parent, uh, when you recognize that, that perhaps the journey you had as a parent isn't the one that you need to take. Recognizing the grief of a um, what lifelong dream you may have had, one may have had about what a parent is and what a relationship with a child is and what the future might be and what you look forward to perhaps. You know, the grief sometimes you have to deal with when you recognize that's not your journey. So I enjoyed reading, just feeling with this parent who was, you know, traveling a journey she did not expect to, to travel on. I mean, that was very, very, as you have said now and again about our relationship, it's very, very therapeutic. But yeah. what I also liked, and well, maybe there are three things. Uh, what I also liked was the genetics, the discussion of the genetics the discussion of the chemistry that was involved in what made this particular young man, the subject of the book, who has Williams syndrome. I loved reading about the chromosomal markers that were missing on one of this young man's chromosomes. And there are like 4,000 on one particular chromosome out of tons, okay? And I, unlike you, I don't keep the details in my mind. They just well, bash. How do they even track that? Well, and again, I wish I had the memory to tell you when this chromosomal study broke. And I think it was like in the 90s. You know, they were able to, to, what do you say, uh, to, to, to figure out what chromosomes went with what, you know, anyway, yeah. Williams syndrome, the, 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 the folks with it are missing a number of chromosomes on a particular chromosome that caused a bunch of symptoms and uh, I loved learning about that. And I loved learning, the discussion went further to say that, of course, and let me be clear about this, nobody is exactly the same. One right. Williams syndrome person is completely different from another one because everybody's then chemistry is different. The way they process, and again, I'm gonna sound stupid here, but the way they process uh, oxytocin, compared to where they process serotonin, 
and dopamine. I mean, my daughter can talk about all those things. My son can talk about all those things and how they relate to one another. Jane can't. But I recognize <laughs> the, compl the complications that are caused by everybody's singular hormonal chemical makeup that interacts with the genetic, the, the singular individual chromosomal makeup complicated by their diet, their upbringing, their environment in general, their pattern of exercise or activity and all that kind of, I mean, human beings are so incredibly, extraordinarily complex. But I truly enjoyed the um, discussion of the genetics and of the hormones, hormonal things and the chemical things and so forth. But yeah, William Syndrome people, you might, and I invite you to question me. And yeah, maybe I've got, I'll some, be I got able some notes. To fill in uh, some of these blanks. Go ahead. In show notes too. But you said something when you first started telling a story that that mm -hmm. made me go, "What?" You said, um, "Amy." And did you say Andy? That's her cousin. Okay. Okay. Thought, oh, Amy's seeing somebody. No, uh, no, no, no. Okay. They they just hang around together. They're relatives. Yeah. Uh, gotcha. Anyway. Okay. All right. So anyway, Updated. so William <laughs> William Syndrome is, is Andy a, is Andy a uh, fan also? I don't think so. Oh, come on, but Amy. Get on I that. I have never asked him. I have never asked him, but he's <laughs> never indicated that he was. He might be. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Amy, you got to get on that for us. <laughs> anyway, Williams Syndrome people are missing some, um, you know, genetic markers. They're missing some chromosomes or whatever. And it makes them, makes them love everybody with no distinction whatsoever. Enthusiastically, they will run up to anybody and everybody and hug them and tell them that they love them and so forth and so on, which of course, you know, is kind of what we would think our religions are supposed to be about. And yet it makes them very, very When you, when you, when you say that. Yeah, go ahead. When you say that, that they love everybody, you mean that literally? Like they really yes. run up and, and in like an excited yes. way? Not just like they, yes. they're, they're very friendly to everybody and that's it. But you, you, mean, you mean that very literal? Very literal. It's an unconditional okay. love for humanity. And the parent of one of these spends an entire lifetime trying to keep these children and then adults from running up to people and just hugging them indiscriminately. It get you know, it's inappropriate. Do you know? Yeah. There's no filter. There's no, there's no leash. There's no, yeah. So they want to touch. They want to hug. They want to, you know, have fun with people. They, but there's no stopping them. There's no stopping them. So, so um, are they, are they functional otherwise? Like, no, is this? Not generally. Uh, not generally. Oh, some of them have high IQs. Some of them do not have high IQs. You know, their singular distinction is that they, and this one boy that is the subject of the book loves vacuum cleaners, loves things that twirl, 
And so loves fans, loves, you know, uh, machines that wash floors and so forth. And so, you know, it's just, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I don't want to say like down syndrome, but there are some similarities. Yeah. There's some similarities. But um, she says, you know, like I said, it's the unconditional love for humanity. People with Williams seem to come closer than any of us to what religious leaders, gurus, and self-help authors tout as an ideal. But of course, the truth is more complicated because um, they come across as, you know, it's, it's, it's not warmth. It, they come across and instill in people some sense of pity and contempt, actually. It's like, get away from me, you know. Uh, what are you doing? Yeah. That kind of thing, yeah. you know. And as a parent, to watch their children be rejected in that way, not accepted in that way, not, you know, they don't have any friends in the way that we understand friends at all. Yeah. You know, and um, it's just, re- there are no defenses. Okay. But what was also interesting to me, much, much later in the book, you know, was a discussion that uh, about empathy that these people, children and adults with Williamson syndrome, seem to have an, a, an unconditional empathy. They feel what other people are feeling, but what they don't have is um, a, what what she ends up calling a theory of mind. There's a cognitive component, being able to interpret and respond to other people's feelings that they don't seem to have. And so, you know, they can, they can, they can recognize that you feel hurt, but they can't figure out why you would be. It's not part of what they can possibly understand. Mm. And while I'm reading this, I'm thinking, you know, there's a, there's a perceptual, there's a, there's an impairment in a piece of the brain, the amygdala, that part of the brain that disallows these people to figure out why a person might be happy, why a person might be sad, why a person may be angry. They just recognize that they are. And there were some pages in the book, later on in the book, that talked about people who are able to feel what you feel, to understand that, that, that you have deep feelings of one kind or another, but they're not able to figure out maybe how they have created that. And I know that there are people in my life with whom I've had honest communication to say, you know, when you talk like that, when you say those kinds of things, that's very hurtful to other people. And there are people in my life who don't get it, who say, well, they shouldn't feel that way, you know, and, and they won't change because they don't have that cognitive understanding of what other people's feelings where they about 
other people's feelings and why it matters to understand why people are feeling that way, particularly if you are the cause of that. I can remember having conversations with, you know, with people saying, you know, when you say something like that, it's like stepping on my foot. Could you stop doing that? Could you stop, you know, saying those kinds of things? Could you, could you stop that? And they can't, they won't because they don't understand why it would be necessary. And I've been frustrated and, you know, turned off by people in my life who are unable to figure out why they behave the way they behave, why they are hurtful. They they come across ultimately as disagreeable. You know, like you talk to them and, and they are people to whom you cannot go with your feelings because they'll just ignore it. They'll just they don't want to talk about it. They I've got a wisecrack here for that. Uh, I was just going to say Trump supporters. <laughs> yeah, they just don't get it. You know, and they're very hurt. And I've, you know, they, they don't have many friends. They may make friends for a short period of time and lose them because they are totally what we would say insensitive. They are empathy challenged. And they confuse us because they seem to understand, they seem to get that we feel a certain way. They seem to be sensitive to feelings, but totally unable to deal with the feelings in any kind of way that you can't have conversations about them because they just say, well, they shouldn't feel that way. That's stupid. Nobody feels that way or, you know, get over it. There's, you know, that I found really fascinating because like I say, I know people have known people who are that insensitive to whom I know I can't go and say, gosh, I feel really depressed today and have them say, oh, really? How come? Talk to me about it. Let's share. You can't do that because they'll just flip you off or, you know, tell you you're an idiot or whatever. And it doesn't have their problem. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one of the things I, you know, I, um, you know, that fascinated me in the last couple of days. The book goes on to talk about um, psych. Psych, psycho, psych, hmm, psych, not psychotic, but um, psycho, like egocentric people. That's the word I can say. Who are yeah. egocentric and callous and cruel, total opposites of the Williams syndrome. Uh, but they share some of the genetic, some of the genetic genetic markers, you know. And it's it's just fascinating to me. Are those, are those callous types? Um, you know how the Williamson's people want to run up and hug and, and, and love everybody mm-hmm. right away? Are mm-hmm. the callous types the ones who just immediately start their day bitching about something? Um, like, is there something similar to loving everybody that the callous people show aggressively I think, unsolicited? I think n- not necessarily that they would be aggressively nasty but they would be cold. Yeah. You know, they probably don't like touch. They don't want to hug people. They, um, you know, just want you to keep your, keep your distance. Psychopaths. That's the word I was looking for. The Williams, the Williams syndrome and psychopaths share 
some genetic mutations somewhere. I yeah, they they share that, but one is one way and the other is is the opposite. But I find that fascinating. I just find the whole the whole issue of brain chemistry, the whole issue of genetics in this kind of way really fascinating. The book talks a little bit also about um, gene therapy and um, being able to manage or quote unquote fix, you know, certain brain disorders as it were um, through gene therapy. But nobody of course is, is, is that, is that what skilled or that they don't, they don't have that information yet, but that may be in the future. Who knows? It was fascinating. It was a fascinating book in a personal way and in, you know, just a, an academic way, shall we say. Fascinating. Yeah. Fascinating. <clears throat> so that's, that's what I have to say today. Um, <laughs> I didn't write down when I started talking, so I have no idea how much time I took. I actually, I actually got it. We're about uh, 20 minutes into this one. Um, th some similarities there uh, to what we mentioned in the last episode about your husband watching poker. Yeah. <laughs> and I know I, I, I've watched it too. And, and for this reason, I can't watch it on TV very long because I lose interest in it. Mm -hmm. um, professional poker allows for um, many players will wear sunglasses. Mm -hmm. So you can see their eyes. Mm -hmm. Right. They'll wear, they'll wear hooded sweatshirts and, and yep. like maybe big cowboy hats or baseball hats down over their face, yep. all for purposes of hiding the tells Correct. that, you know, are exuberated by, you know, when you get a good set, get a good hand or you get a shitty hand mm -hmm. or you didn't mm -hmm. get the hand you wanted or, you know, stuff mm -hmm. like that, or you're bluffing when you place a bet. When I played poker at my house, I actually had tournaments at my house. Mm -hmm in dc okay yeah and um maybe aspects of it were legal maybe aspects were not i don't know i don't remember sorry officer um but <laughs> what i do remember is one of the rules that that were what's called house rules mm -hmm. was that you could not wear sunglasses oh. you could not wear hats over your face and you could not, you know, do anything like that that would cover your facial expressions or any other tells. Because I believe that poker is just as much about sociology and watching for a person's, you know, demeanor mm -hmm. as it is about the mathematics and probability mm -hmm. of what card is coming up next. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that is kind of where kind of similar to not the Williams or Asperger's, but also along that same line is, um, do you remember the, the, um, the movie rain man? Yes. Justin Hoffman and Tom, uh, not Tom, Hanks, Tom Cruise. Yep. And you know, he's counting cards. Yep. And he's got that, you know, amazing ability to do that, but he doesn't have the common sense not to tell anybody. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. kind of sounds like a lot of the same thing. It's the theory of mind. Yes. There's a cognitive part and the, uh, what do you say? The feelings part for, for, you know, for lack of a better word. And one of the things I neglected to mention was the book does suggest that, um, you know, that women are way more 
um, empathy, empathic in the feeling part. And men are more um, detail oriented, more black and white thinkers, more, you know, more the other side of the coin. And of course, that That's also the, uh, suggests. What was that book? Was, uh, Men are from Mars, Women that? are from Venus. Yes. Men are from Mars, women are from Venus. That one. Yes. Yes. I mean, women yes. just want to be yes. hugged. Men want to fix yes. things. Yes. Yeah. And they and, are and often attracted to, to one another and have them understand. They one another. Yeah. 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 You want yeah. to vent to Paul and just have him understand. He wants to tell you what you're doing wrong. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You got it. <laughs> yeah. And there it is. <laughs> and that's the other. That's the other thing I try to concentrate on is yeah I I'm a fixer too. But yeah. instead of constantly just telling somebody what they're doing wrong or what they could be doing better, yeah, I also try to tell them. <laughs> what they're doing right. um, I think I mentioned this in a previous episode. Amy bought Paul um, a button that she programmed to say something like, "That's not the way I would do it." <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that's my that 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 that. And sharing, you know, all the episodes, podcast episodes that I have turned into articles for the expression this week, that and reading this book and shoveling a little bit with this child shovel that I own that my son calls a spoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, uh... that's been that's been the week. Yeah. That's that's like a, another uh, reference my dad used to make to my kid brother's car. Uh, mm -hmm. My brother Ryan, sister-in-law Aaron, used to have a um, one of those Mini Coopers. Yes, yes, yes. And he says, that's <laughs> "What did your dad call them?" He says, "That's not a car. That's a pregnant roller skate." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, my shovel is a spoon. Yeah, and I love that. And it was so funny. I think it was last year. Or maybe the year before, I can't remember. When my spoon, the one I had had since the kids were little, because that's how I ended up with it. Uh, I bought a them a shovel. shovel. Yeah, I bought them a shovel. And um, anyway, it broke. And I can remember Jeff was in California at the time, I think. And I sent him a photo of the broken spoon. And then I had to go <laughs> online and find a, find a new one, a new one for myself. Anyway, that's that's. That do you is. prefer that smaller size? I do. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it's very light. In fact, this morning I went out to get the paper and it was really, really icy at my front door. And so I took the the shovel that Paul and Jeff use to get rid of the snow. And it's so heavy. My spoon is very, very light. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You used to well, use tell me the story for a minute because I've got to plug my computer into. I got to get some juice to the battery yeah, okay. in my computer. So tell a That's story right. while bunch I'm of, gone. I'll be right things. back. Okay, bunch of things to talk about. Uh, we, I know what shovel you're talking about. Um, it just looks like an adult shovel, but is a fraction of the size. We used to use them when uh, I lived in Coperdale Township. Uh, there was kind of a hill that would always catch the wind and cause a drift. And we would dig tunnels in the snow drift. And we would use those shovels because they were a great size to get a good chunk of snow out. 
but also weren't too big like you were saying to that would you know cause too much damage into the the drift and it would collapse on us so yeah i know exactly what trouble you're talking about that's your spoon yeah i'll um, send you a photo just so you have it <laughs> but uh, yeah yeah <laughs> you can it's, think um, of course it doesn't snow news, where you what it does actually uh this is really? the 47th anniversary of snow that hit tampa bay 47 Whoa. years ago this month we had snow in tampa bay and we had wow. um almost almost freezing temperatures we were in like the the mid 30s last night um wait a minute uh no two nights ago um sunday into mo a saturday into sunday uh we were at like 36 34 something like that yeah so i was definitely worried about the jet skis that were sitting out back but they're like no it's not going to be long enough um and uh it'll be warm enough again till i get back on them so yeah uh, not, not as much to worry about but awesome. uh, there is some other news from over the weekend uh for us to touch a little bit on the political side of life oh. ron DeSantis okay. has suspended his presidential campaign and is as a result of that is currently dropping out of the Republican primary. Right. And he's one I have always thought, you know, is on the autism spectrum. There's something, yeah. there's something artificial or there's yeah. something about, there's something, there's just something. He just, yeah, he's, somebody he's said, definitely... somebody Somebody said the smile never reaches, doesn't ever seem to reach his eyes. And apparently, yeah, you know, that's how you can tell a sincere smile from one that is kind of fakey. A sincere smile gets in your eyes. Um, I, I, I got to see if I can, if it's quick enough, if it's still, there is a um, YouTube short yeah. that pokes fun at him for that. Uh, oh, really? It, 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 it acknowledges his um, medical uh, condition that's been um, cured. Um, it, it doesn't, it's, it's not coming out. I'll have to search for it. Maybe if I find it, I'll put it in the, the notes. Um, it, it, it's, a, it's a hysterical video about uh, somebody who is unable to smile. Uh, and with treatment is beginning to uh, have that smile and no longer look like he's sitting on a toilet and straining. Uh, <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, it, it's yeah. pretty good. Well, I had an acquaintance decades ago and she would smile just with her mouth. It never reached her eyes. And so when I read about that years and years later, I thought, oh, my God, that's Sally. I recognize that smile doesn't ever reach her eyes. Yeah. No. It's, yeah. And I think it's also because you said it. Uh, like it's fake. Yeah. Yeah, they don't. And, and can also and, be you know, perhaps condescending think, too. And I think Sally used it on purpose because it allowed her to maintain a sort of power um, you know, women are known to be too sensitive, right? They're 
you know, known to be too emotional. They're not allowed in the boardroom because, you know, their emotions would rule and so forth. And so being it, being able to present yourself as as tough as any man, you learn to smile. That's not really a smile. Smile and nod. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well. Yeah. And so I always thought that, I mean, I really liked her. She was a nice, I, I really liked her. But then I like everybody. I have a little bit of Williams syndrome in me. <laughs> that yeah, that, people, that's why. That, that that's people why have was... cautioned me about for years. Go ahead. Well, that's right. Um, that's why I was disappointed to hear uh, that they're not functional. Yeah. Outside like I said, of, we're all on the, we're all on the spectrum. We're all on the spectrum. Yes, I I, I certainly uh, I certainly see that. But the, the Williams syndrome people not fun because it's almost like that's not a bad thing. And, well, yeah. and I think you see, the book alluded to that when it talked about life coaches and Christians and things of that nature, exactly. all trying to aspiring to be this way, exactly, but maintain the functionality of their life. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, fascinating. And someday maybe, you know, we'll create, we'll create the person who has the good part of the Williams syndrome without the negative and, and, and add the, or keep the cognitive ability and end up with a world peace on earth, goodwill toward men. But that's not tomorrow, obviously. Yeah. But fascinating. Anyway, I've had a fascinating week intellectually. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Very awesome. And I did not know what I was going to talk about with you today until yesterday. So, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of got that. I texted you a little earlier yesterday than our mm-hmm. usual time, and mm-hmm. you still said um, uh, telepathy. What, what was a telepathy? What, what is the usual? Yes, yes, yeah. You, you still re- re- responded with telepathy, and I'm thinking she shouldn't be getting that now. <laughs> That's later in the Sunday that that we get that. And I'm like, oh, but she's struggling for something. Right. And she's struggling. (laughs) I did not know. And I was really happy when you, at some point in the week, in the middle of the week, said, said, I have so much to talk about. I thought, oh, good. He'll dominate, you know, the discussion. He'll come up with a topic. And then yesterday, last night, actually, you know, when I saw Amy and we were sharing some ideas from this particular book, I could not wait to share it with you today. Very cool. And I'm going to say, I took several photos of several of the pages of the book and that I'm just going to send you those photos so that you can have some of the words, you okay. know, some of the ideas that I, unfortunately I did not take, I might get it back later when Amy returns the book to me to take back to the library. Um, I'll try to find the pages that discuss the genetic part of it. And maybe okay. I'm not sure I can find the hormonal stuff, but I think I can find the genetic part the discussion of that and I'll take a photo of that page too because that's fascinating to me and I'll send that to you as well just so you have you know some additional words besides mine because I don't 
always speak well. I write better yeah. than I speak, I think. And, um, you know, the sentences will make more sense <laughs> written by somebody else besides mine. And well, not to support so you your, not, not to support the, your whole, you don't speak well statement. Cause I think you speak just fine, but I just mm. caught one thing that I, I realized you did say earlier, you got this book, the old fashioned way. I did. From the library. Wow. Yes. Yes. In fact, during COVID and maybe before, maybe after, I don't know. I, I got book after book. I'd go to the library and grab three and just inhale them. And I just, and, and the library would say, you know, utilizing the library, you've saved this many thousands of dollars. And it's true. I mean, I yeah. love our library. It's great. And it's connected to so many libraries within our area so that if, you know, most of the time or much of the time, our library doesn't have what I'm looking for, but they have like 30 other libraries in the network and so that they can go find it in another library. So I love that part too. So is that the Boyertown Community Library that's right up the street from the yes, studio? Yes, Okay. Yeah. Um, it used to be right up from the studio. Now it's where the Keystone Fire Company used to be across oh, from yeah. what used to be the post office. Right, 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 right. Yeah, if mm -hmm. are you on that uh, Boyertown Historical <laughs> Facebook page? No, group? not much. No. Not well, we much. were just talking about both those buildings. Uh, yeah. Somebody was in the parking lot and took a, a picture of the old Keystone and said, yes, what was this? I saw that. Yeah. And I said, okay, so you know what I'm talking about then. Yeah. yeah. I said, that was, that was the old Keystone firehouse before their current location. Mm -hmm. And right. somebody said, no, that was never a firehouse. I'm like, I promise you that is that I recognize those windows. They used to be oh, garage yes. doors. And yes. somebody else chimed yes, in the post office parking lot, which by the way, yep. is no longer the post office. <laughs> right. <laughs> Belongs to an accountant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, somebody, um, Somebody did the same thing with that photo. They said, what, what was this? What is this? This is what, mm -hmm. what the dish used to be. And I looked at it and I, I could tell right away by the statues on along the roof. Uh, mm -hmm. I said, those statues, that's the post office. There's more inside, you know, just mm -hmm. below the ceiling along, along each mm -hmm. wall. Mm -hmm. I was just like, mm -hmm. how do you know that? I'm like, well, why else would you have asked if you didn't want to find somebody that wasn't <laughs> from Boyertown? <laughs> right. Right, right, right. Well, they had there was a really neat uh, Facebook post uh, uh, that the State Theater had up recently talking about the murals that were created when the building was first um, constructed or whatever. But the murals that were that existed in that building, well, they still exist. I mean, they covered them up for for years, but they have refound them. Anyway, they're great. You mean you mean so inside the theater space? Inside the theater. Yeah, yes, inside I remember the that. Theater. Yep, yeah, yeah. So there we have it. I don't know how long we've talked. Do you know? We we do. This is a good forty minute episode. Well, there you go. There you go. And I, it, yeah, maybe we'll come back to it. Maybe there'll be more to say about it. But you know, as we confront people in our lives who cause us to question who we are or 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 present themselves in a way that we're not accustomed and we are uncomfortable with them for one reason or another learning more about how we are each different how we are each different how we all somehow 
have idiosyncrasies and quirks and, you know, it's fascinating. And I think it allows us, and this is what I loved when I would uh, present Carl Jung's learning styles in the classroom, you know, to allow students to know that there are, people are different. They learn differently. Uh, they process information differently, which causes them to be different in their behaviors and their attitudes and their feelings and so forth. You know, the more you know about people, I think, and why they are the way they are, I think it allows all of us to be more understanding and to be more accepting. And it just allows for better relationships. And if nothing else, that's what I love. Yeah, that's funny you mentioned the quirks uh, and this week. I um, had been, actually this is the second time that I had been on um, Facebook dating. Oh. It's a dating app that's part of Facebook that not everybody has. Uh, and I was in like the beta version, the testing version about a year ago or more. And get off of it because I wasn't successful and, and just out of boredom, I recently got back on. And just recently, like within the past week, I finally met somebody that's actually holding a conversation. Wow. And in the very beginning of it, yeah, of course, now I got to give a shout out to Richard. Um, in the very beginning, and I think it actually would probably be, and I'll tell you why in a second, probably pronounced Richard. Okay. Because he's French. He's oh, got a cool. dual citizenship with France and the United States. He's been here for 10 years. Um, and one of his photos was very um, J.C. Penny model-esque. Okay. okay. Like some guy sitting in a nice outfit that was clearly put together. Very yeah. posed. You know, he's sitting on a wall at yeah. the park or whatever. And... <laughs> I thought, oh, this is a stolen photo from somebody else's profile. This guy's right, 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 right. And then in some of his very initial texts to me, the the English was incredibly broken. Like, wow. this ain't that guy. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so, you know, I've spent my time undercover, especially online. Of course you did, yes. I just you know, ran with it. And turns out, you know, this guy's real. He sent me other photos with his cats and 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 photos of him <laughs> cooking in his house. And uh, nice. uh, so I'm like, okay. Uh, Where does he live? Where does he live? Miami. Or don't you want to say? In Miami. Is he in Florida? Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's in Miami. Right. Um, okay. And that's how I found him was, you know, uh, this is geo-tracked. Okay. You know, it, All right. You yeah. get people close. And at the time, uh, he was in Tampa, but mm. he had been oh. here. He had just left. He just got back to Miami within the past week or so. I forget how long he said, um, but he had been here for work. Okay. And so, um, uh, yeah. So we'll see. Shout out to well, yeah. Richard or Richard, uh, who uh, wanted to know if he could watch as we tape this today. So no, this one isn't streamed, but I'll send you the info for my show tonight, uh, which there is live five days a week. There you go. And uh, there anywhere you go. else you want to find me, just go to yergs.com, Y-E-R-G-Z, or yergsradio.com, either yeah. one. 
or both. And uh, that's where I'm at. How about you? I'm on um, uh, your favorite podcast platform. Um, we rec- I record them on Spotify, but there are bunches of other platforms where you can find Be Inspired. And of course, the art gallery is uh, studiobbb.org. And I guess that's pretty much it. So, and include, actually, you are actually a uh, one of the uh, morning talents at Yerg's Radio. Uh, you oh. follow me. Uh, Be Inspired comes on around like 8 o'clock, I think, maybe a little after. I do some, uh-huh. uh, th- there's some news that I'm uh, poured over from NPR. And another uh-huh. buddy of mine does a crypto and financial report that we repeat throughout the day. I think you're okay. at, uh, you're in like the 8-ish to 10 window or something like that, or to 11, something somewhere somewhere in the mornings. Uh, up very the middle good. is very early in the morning, and then Yorick's tonight's later in the evening. Well, I will try in this coming week well. at some point to send you a handful of new episodes. Great. From Be Inspired. It's awesome. One of the thing one of the things on my own to-do list, not on my refrigerator, but still in my head. I'll get to you. <laughs> Important. <laughs> anyway, enough. you have a good send week. The alarm. You too. You have a good week and maybe we'll be in touch. And I'm yeah. Jane Stahl. And I'm Yergs. And this is both. Both sides now. Now. All right, everybody. Have a great week.